The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right, thanks for joining us on Winning Ponies. Going to have a great show for you this week. Went on a little road trip last week, went down to, to Florida. I want to give a shout-out to my Florida friends. Last week we, we broadcast from the Heart of an Angel studio in Port Charlotte. Just beautiful weather and a great company the, the whole time. Uh, then it was on up to Tampa Bay Downs uh, for two winning days uh, at the races there. And I want to thank my uh, personal sponsor, Joey Three Fingers, uh, who gladly picked up the tab at the Sky Terrace at Tampa Bay. Now, Joey Three Fingers was not involved in an industrial accident, and he is not uh, a part of the Costa Nostra. Three Fingers is how he likes to drink his scotch, and he didn't have a problem doing that at all. So, again, uh, Tampa Bay, just a comfortable, clean setting for a day at the races. Had a fantastic uh, time down there. Saw some great racing, including a track record, a graded stakes race. Uh, if you haven't been there, make sure you go. Great place, Tampa Bay Downs. Our, our guest tonight, well, no strangers uh, to the Winning Ponies audience for sure. Our uh, former uh, Winning Ponies host, Ed Meyer, a handicapper extraordinaire, uh, will be capping some excellent graded stakes races uh, with us in the second portion of the show. And our first guest is a nationally known race caller, TV and radio personality, you know him, you love him, Dave Johnson. So uh, we're going to have an action-packed show for you this evening. Don't go away. We've got some great handicapping and a lot of things happening in racing. Uh, one place you might want to be is New York, New York. Uh, the money is flowing in. The stake schedule is out and unbelievable. The meat is going to see increases of uh, 1.9 million or 26% at Belmont. Unbelievable. Uh, purses for the overnight races uh, are going to go up uh, 8.7 million. Uh, average daily purses are going to go from 430,000 to 620 thousand so uh you are just going to see an influx of horses to new york i think you're going to see some huge uh fields which of course is going to just help the betting there even more and uh, of course when you've got money in an area you're going to have more of an incentive program for the state breeding program and i think you're going to see a renaissance of the state's uh, breeding industry in new york of course uh, the centerpiece uh, for racing uh, will be the June 9th Belmont. It's the 144th running. Also on Belmont Stakes Day, the half-a-million-dollar Manhattan Handicap, the half-a-million-dollar Just a Game, the $400,000 Woody Stevens, and the $400,000 True North. Uh, you're also going to see that uh, this money is going to float upstream uh, to Saratoga, 
And, of course, this year it'll be the $1 million Travers, the Midsummer Derby. And the way the three-year-old scene is looking this year, this is going to be an exciting race. It uh, is going to draw, again, I believe a a big field as we're seeing all these uh, three-year-old races uh, uh, bringing us new and exciting horses. Um, One of uh, a person that, that passed away this week that was involved with racing, you may or may not know, was Davy Jones who, of course, was the front man for uh, the Monkees. Uh, he died uh, yesterday of a heart attack at age 66. Uh, I'm not sure if you know or not, but Davy Jones was going to be a jockey. He really wanted to, and he was, he was uh, an, an apprentice over in England, uh, and he was under the wing of a guy by the name of Basil Foster. But Foster said, look, you've got too much talent and personality to be putting it up on a saddle every day. The great thing is that a lot of people don't know is that Davy Jones, <clears throat> uh, Basil Foster eventually trained in Canada and then trained in Florida. And during his uh, years, uh, Davy Jones actually put up the house that Basil Foster lived in and uh, Davy owns the horses down in Florida and uh, would go down and visit them and, and bring them out. And uh, he eventually did go back and win a, uh, a race that, that wasn't sanctioned. It was, uh, you know, a, an amateur race, but uh, Davy Jones uh, took that last train to Clarksville. Of course, uh, the big uh, buzz uh, right now is Union Rags. Uh, we'll talk a, a little bit more about the uh, the Fountain of Youth uh, a little later in this segment. Uh, but uh, U- Union Rags was just absolutely awesome in, in the Fountain of Youth. Uh, rated uh, fourth, surprisingly, was not the favorite. Discreet Dancer went off the favorite, uh, set all the all the pace, and uh, from fourth to first. Union Rags just went by him. Now, the the one thing that really affected the outcome of this race was the fact that Algorithms uh, was not in the race. It was announced the morning of the race uh, that he had fractured the splint in his right front leg, and uh, that's going to have to be surgically removed. Uh, they're, according to the, the, the doctors, they're hoping that he'll only require a minimal amount of time off. Uh, Pletcher uh, agrees, but he's not going to make the Triple Crown, so the, the highly touted Algorithms will not be on the Derby Trail. He's not the only one. Uh, a, a consortium, Godolphin's uh, horse, is going to miss the Gotham Stakes, and he's off the Derby Trail after uh, suffering a chip in his right ankle, according to uh, Karen McLaughlin. Uh, he'd been very highly touted after a second-place finish behind Algorithms uh, in an allowance race, uh, but he's going to be on the sidelines too. So this is what happens. This is why so many people in those uh, the Derby uh Future bets often bet the field because a lot of times you'll uh, have a big horse like Algorithms and all of a sudden they're on the sideline. Uh, Good news and bad news for Xavier Castellano. He rode the 3,000th winner of his career at Gulfstream Park. Uh, just a real talented rainsman, but you, you see what happened uh, this week in that he opted to get off Union Rags to ride algorithms, and now he may be without a derby mount. I highly doubt that, but he, he will not be on what right now most people would say is the pre-derby favorite. Uh, he's uh, 34 years old from Venezuela. Uh, he currently leads the jockey stadiums at Gulfstream. Uh, Xavier Castellano, very much uh, of, a, of a class act. Um, you also, of course, know how well he does in New York, in addition to him riding at Gulfstream. Um, 
He did ride uh, El Padrino in Saturday's Risen Star Stakes, and uh, we'll give you the results of that in just a little bit. Another good news uh, on the jockey front, uh, Ramon Dominguez uh, was named the George Wolf winner. Uh, he was selected by his peers. This is the 63rd edition of the Wolf Award. It honors riders whose careers and personal character uh, earned them the esteem for uh, the sport of thoroughbred racing, how they handle themselves. Of course, if you saw the Eclipse Awards, you'll know that uh, Dominguez uh, was a really much of a, a class act and how he spread everything around, didn't take the credit himself, uh, thanked his fellow riders, thanked uh, all the, the, the trainers that own him, uh, the, that put him on so many horses. And it would be interesting because we're going to get to see him uh, in action aboard, aboard Hanson. And uh, speaking of Hanson, he, of course, uh, is in town. Uh, he shipped in yesterday, uh, galloped, I believe, about a mile and an eighth over the Belmont track. And, uh, of course, he is, uh, he is uh, tuning up. Uh, for this week's Gotham, and that is going to be one heck of a race. Again, we'll be handicapping that with Ed Meyer in just a little bit. Uh, speaking of other horses on the track, uh, Arve de Grace, um, of course, made about change and is going to not race at Oaklawn and is uh, going to stay at the fairgrounds and race at the fairgrounds. Um, there was a mix-up in the weight assignment that she was going to carry in New Orleans, so she got in a little bit lighter than what she wanted. Uh, Rick Porter, the owner, says uh, he feels bad for Oaklawn, but uh, she will probably run at Arkansas in April for either the Apple Blossom or the Oaklawn Handicap. And uh, speaking of last year's Horse of the Year, uh, she worked a bullet 59 seconds on Sunday at the fairgrounds. So uh, I think uh, it's not even going to take the luck of the Irish. She'll be racing on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, uh, at the fairgrounds. And, uh, you know, what can I say? Trainer Larry Jones really has her on her toes, and uh, she she's doing extremely well. It'll be fun to watch her return. All right, well, we're going to be looking at a couple races uh, that are probably going to affect the Kentucky Oaks, races that took place last week and, and races that are, that are coming up uh, this week that we'll be handicapping with Ed. A big upset, though, was at 64-1, to Yara uh, defeated odds-on Grace Hall in the Devonna Dale down at Gulfstream Park. Uh, her first start this year, she was fourth, beating more than 22 links, but it was a sloppy track. So uh, Yara was pretty impressive uh, in the Devon Dale. Uh, she won by a neck, and it looks like uh, their plans are to point her towards uh, the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, of course, it was uh, it's early in the season, so I think uh, Grace Hall, of course, was the runner-up in the Grey Goose Breeders' Cup, uh, will probably continue on track. It, w- it wasn't that bad uh, of a race, but uh, nonetheless... Uh, it was upset time. Uh, again, um, another uh, big name in racing that's gone from his paddock gate to the equine pearly gates, this is on the breeding front, is Crypto Clearance, uh, the multiple grade one winner who sired champion in Victory Gallup uh, and Breeders' Cup Classic winner of Old Pony, uh, was, was uh, put down today at Rudin Riddle Equine Clinic uh, because of complications from colic. And he was 25 years old. 
Uh, but uh, he was a great horse for Phil Tenowitz, who, uh, who uh, owned and trained Crypto Clearance throughout his racing and breeding career. He stood him initially at Vinery, and then uh, he finished out his career uh, in Margot Stud. He sired 42 stakes winners, and one stakes winner that uh, I know Bob Baffert won't want to remember is Victory Gallup, who forwarded uh, real quiet. Triple crown by a nose in the 1998 Belmont Stakes. Uh, crypto clearances. Uh, Victory Gallup also finished second uh, in the Kentucky Derby and Preakness Stakes. Uh, as a four-year-old, Victory Gallup won uh, the Whitney and won the Eclipse Award uh, as champion older male. Of course, uh, Volpone, big upset winner in the 2002 uh, Breeders' Cup Classic. And uh, so Crypto Clearance, uh, no, no longer with us, but we'll remember him for his work, uh, his work on the track and in the stud barn. All right, let's take a look now at some of the, the races that we looked at last week. Jason Chandler from the Blood Horse was our guest handicapper. And uh, the big news, the big race, of course, the Fountain of Youth, algorithms on the side. I was surprised to see Discreet Dancer sent away at odds on over uh, Union Rags, but Union Rags, very impressive. Uh, uh, he just uh, stalked it, came from fourth, one by four lengths. Uh, right now, in my opinion, he looks like the one to beat. Michael Mass has just done a great job. Uh, running second, long shot, 27 to 1, news pending. Adele Roman's trainee, and holding on for third was Discreet Dancer. Uh, we're talking about uh, the Oaks and. Um, race that may play into that, the grade three Rachel Alexandra. Uh, we said this uh, might be a replay of the Silver Bullet Day, and coming out of that race, who ran second in the Silver Bullet Day, was Summer Applause, and uh, <clears throat> Summer Applause, uh, trained by Brett Calhoun. Uh, again, almost uh, Union Rags, like rated in fourth, rallied, uh, wore down uh, pace center A.B. Sense, and ended up winning by a length. A.B. Sense did hold on for second, and any mini was third. Uh, the LeCompte, which, of course, uh, is one of the big preps for the Louisiana Derby, we might have a Louisiana Derby Rematch. What a stretch run. This was just a fantastic race. It was El Padrino, the shipper, uh, getting it over Mark Valeske. Larry Jones uh, couldn't pull it off, but what a race. El Padrino up by a nose, trained by Todd Pletcher. I don't know how many horses Pletcher might even have in the Kentucky Derby this year. It's unbelievable. But it was a great stretch run. I really hope these two uh, match strides again uh, in the, the Risen Star Stakes. And the, the, the final race uh, that we uh, looked at was the San Carlos, uh, the matchup between the Factor and Amazombie, and it was the Factor from Flag Fall to That's All. Survived a steward's inquiry, but the Factor, unbelievable. They're even talking about possibly shipping this horse overseas to run a against Black Caviar. Uh, he may also go to Dubai. Of course, uh, Baffert said he's going to uh, keep this horse at the shorter distances. So that's a look at the races we looked at this past week. Uh, again, Ed Meyer will be handicapping with us, but right now we're getting ready to talk to one of the stalwarts of the game, the one, the only, Dave Johnson. Stay tuned to Winning Ponies. flagship station for sports voice america sports 
And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, I, I am honored to have, again, one of the stalwarts of the sport with me uh, this evening, uh, Dave Johnson. Many of you listen to him uh, every week on uh, Down the Stretch, Saturday mornings on uh, XM Channel 209 or Sirius Channel 93. Of course, he co-hosts with Bill Finley, who was on Winning Ponies about uh, two months ago with us. Uh, of course, Dave Johnson is one of racing's most uh, identified faces and voices. Uh, he's an articulate student of the sport. Uh, even peripheral fans of the sport uh, can be heard shouting out his classic, and down the stretch they come. Uh, Winning Ponies welcomes a modern legend in racing, Dave Johnson. Dave, how are you? I'm fine, and, and I'm honored to be on with you, John. We've been friends for decades. Yeah, I've still got a picture in my office of you, me, and Charles C. Canny eating crawfish down at the fairground. Oh, that was a... Great day, and uh, Louis Russell and Ronnie Lamarck gave that crawfish boil. And, you know, I don't know whether you know this story or not, John, but uh, while we were there, they brought out an unraced two-year-old. Uh-huh. And, um, and they, they asked Charles C. and I if we wanted to go in on this, on this colt. No. And, um, I'm dead serious about this. Because I, I know where you're going. Charles and what they wanted was they wanted, I think he wanted 30000 um total. Uh, for ten percent, and uh, and Charles and I, uh, we 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 uh, had, of course did the shows for a year, and we actually did own a horse uh, or two together years ago. Um, but you know, at this point, we just said no, thanks. Anyway, that that turned out to be Risen Star. Well, it's funny because uh, th- that year uh, that uh, I was down there, I was the uh, director of publicity taking over for Black Cat Lacombe, <laughs> and I did a handicapping seminar, and I wanted to bring a horse out that so we show people what bandages are, what blinkers are on, how a saddle went on. Well, Louie brings out this unraced son of Secretariat. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, he wasn't even named. You know, he was just a two-year-old. It was yeah. unbelievable, and it turned out to be Risen Star. Right. Well, and, you know, you have to give them credit. They paid two fifty for the horse, so they were they were bumping up the price. We were going to get ten percent for thirty thousand. They were going to make a little right there. Well, you were in Louisiana, baby. What did you expect? New Orleans, baby. 
you know, Dave, I, I've always been a big fan of race callers. I, I feel that, that you guys uh, put a beautiful frame around the work of art that we consider the sport of kings. Of course, a good friend of mine, yours, uh, Tony Bentley, was actually an understudy of yours. My question is, how did you get started? Well, I actually sort of fell into it like a script for a B-movie. I was working for a law firm as a clerk. I was 23 years old. It was uh, the mid-1960s. I lived in St. Louis and, uh, and worked there in a law firm. And just across the river was this little bull ring of a track, Cahokia Downs. And the law firm had a box at the track in the turf club. And uh, I was over there one night, and it was a Friday night, and the uh, during the first race, the announcer just stopped calling the race. And I thought it was a power outage. We used to have power outages. The lights would go out, the track uh, microphones and the speakers. and the, So I thought it was, a, it was a power outage, but I found out from the usher that um, he had the, uh, the track announcer, Todd Creed, a terrific caller, had become ill, and they took him out on a stretcher. And wow. so there was an announcement made over the PA saying, ladies and gentlemen, make your wagers early. We're not going to have any more race calls this evening. Watch the tote board. Thanks for coming. So <laughs> I just thought, well, I can do that. I, I could call the races. I, I could memorize the 10 points of the Yalta agreement when I was in college. And, and, and I've been going to the track since I was six months old. My grandmother and grandfather on both sides and my mom and dad. So I walked over to the general manager's office, who I used to split bets with. And it was a woman, a very brassy, kind of wonderful, warm woman, uh, an Ethel Merman type gal. And, and I said, Miss Ann, her name was was Ann Dutchman. I said, Miss Ann, you need an announcer? I can call the races. So she said, you can? I said, sure. So she goes on the phone and she calls the stewards and she says, yep, yep, right, right. I got a kid down here. Yeah, he can call the races. And then she says to me, Dave, thanks for uh, offering, but um, Todd's son is going to call the next race and he's, he's going to fill in for his dad tonight. And I said, okay, thanks a lot, Ann. I went back to, the, to my, uh, my box a seat. I was live in the double anyway, so uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for the second race. So the second race goes off and Mike Creed calls the second race. It was a five furlong sprint. And they jumped out of the gate, and it was something like this. He said, that's a blue boy going to the front. And another voice said, no, nah, that's not blue boy. And a third <laughs> voice said, I think it's the five. <laughs> so three people argued for the five furlongs. I found out later it was the electrician, the bugler, and Todd's son. And they couldn't decide who was in front, much less the rest of the field. So as soon as the race was over... Miss Ann came out and said, Dave, you're next. And that is exactly how it happened. And it's stranger than fiction. And here I am, 40-some-odd years later, <laughs> telling you the story, John. Oh well, it, 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 it's it's a great story, and I think really someday somebody sh should make a movie. You, know, you you bring up so many people. Uh, who are some of the most interesting people that you've met? You've been you've been everywhere and worked in a lot of facets of the game. Well, two of the most fascinating would be Sonny Werblin and his wife, Leah Ray. And Sonny was, of course, uh, the owner of the Jets, and he hired Joe Namath. And at one point, he, he uh, owned part of uh, Monmouth, he owned half or all of Monmouth Park. And, and his wife, uh, Leah Ray, had been in show business, and they were just the most wonderful couple. And their sons uh, were friends of mine, Tom Werblin, 
uh, who's, who just lives 20 or 30 blocks north of me, and, and he, and still, he and I are still pals. And they, that, was, that couple was just the most unbelievable uh, sports couple and smart and entertainment. And, and of course, Sonny hired me to work at the Meadowlands. Uh, uh, so, you know, that, that was pretty good uh, initiation. But we had been friends for years before that. But I'd say those two... In, in the, you know, in the, and they, of course, they owned horses. And then everybody in the game. I mean, Wayne Lucas, Bob Baffert, uh, the, the people at, at Naira now, right now, I mean, Charlie Hayward, uh, Hal Handel, who just left, wonderful people. And, and of course, the, the jockeys, um, you know, Gary Stevens, Jerry Bailey, Julie Crone. Um, and there's, there's just a, a, a wonderful cadre of people that I've been lucky enough to, to work with. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing better than waking up and realizing, hey, I work in racing. <laughs> I, I should mention two more people. One is Jim McKay, uh, who we worked for 24 years together on the ABC broadcasts, and Wynn Elliott, who I worked with uh, on on as many uh, broadcasts before he passed away, both in horse racing, uh, quarter horse racing, and uh, and radio. He was a. These were these were giants. Well, Dave, now this is probably one of those standard questions you get asked a lot, but my audience is probably as interested in the answer as I am. In all of your years of race calling and the races you've seen you've been around, is there a standout race or race call for you? Well, the best race that I ever saw, I happened to have called. It was the, it was the Preakness of 1989 with Sunday Silence and, and Easy Goer, and it was the greatest match uh, through the stretch. Well, the whole race was great, but you know those two horses giving 100 percent, the two jockeys. Uh, it was just the, the the marrow of the sport, um, and it was the greatest race I ever saw. And uh, I couldn't call the finish of the race. Uh, I said it was too close to call. And that was the best race I ever saw. Well, that was great, and I have a special connection with that race in that you did my home telephone announcement saying it's John on the inside, Peg on the outside, but, hey, you didn't call for my call. You called, <laughs> you called for the angle arts. <laughs> and one guy from a radio station around here, I was doing a morning handicapping show. They called me one time, and he got your, your voice message. Well, he actually said, John, I'm going to call you up, but don't answer. I want people to hear Dave Johnson <laughs> to do your phone message. It was fantastic. Uh, that's uh, great. Now, uh, Dave, uh, tell us tell us now about uh, about down the stretch. Uh, how did that come to be? And you know, I, I only do an hour show. You do a three hour show. How much prep goes into it? Oh, I thought you meant uh, the 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 actual expression down the stretch. Well, hey, well, give me that first. Did that just pop out one day? Yeah. Well, no. What what happened is that I was the track announcer at Santa Anita, and in the late seventies, um, you know, it was the same. Uh, audio system, the same sound system. In fact, uh, Santa Anita didn't even own it. They had been renting it year by year from a from a company, and it was the same one that they opened up with in 1935. Wow. If you ever see the movie The Marx Brothers: A Day at the Races, you will notice there are big cone-like speakers on how on uh, poles in the infield. Well, back in the 70s, that was still there. There was a second and a half <laughs> delay from the time I said something until it came back at you through the, through the speakers, like Lou Gehrig at Yankee Stadium, um, which was uh, mind-boggling. In any event, the only way to be heard over a really loud crowd was to underline it, to put some pizzazz to it, to, to put a rumble behind it, and 
when there was a, a horse called Vigers heading to the Santa Anita handicap, um, he had this great, wonderful, eye-appealing way of, of moving to the middle of the track and dropping his head and smoking on home. And I started to use that expression, and down the stretch they come because I, it's the only way I could be heard over the crowd. That's how it happened. But then people started to say it back to me. And then I noticed that on the Los Angeles television stations, they would pick up my stretch call for Santa Anita that day during the sportscast when I said that, and that's how it happened. Well, I'll tell you what, that the legend continues. There was a new sportscaster that started out on the biggest station in Cincinnati last year, and as he goes into his last segment... He's, you know, the last 15-minute segment, he goes, all right, folks, and down the stretch we come. He goes, he goes you know what? He goes, i got to find out who that guy is and see if he'll do that for this segment. So uh, it, 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 it's as fresh today as, as, it, as it was back then. Well, now, again, I don't call many races. I'll tell maybe one or two a year just for, for charity or for fun, but, uh, but uh, it, it, it certainly followed me. Paid the rent, too. Well, you know, it's it's you know, it's a it's a trademark. What can I say? It's something like I said. I'll hear people just walking through the stretch, uh, you know, shouting it out, you know, at the track. That uh, you know, as, as they turn, people in the grandstand are, are shouting it out. So uh, it, it's just it's fantastic. I, I want to do. Do you get razzed? Like when you're walking down the hall, do people say, "And down the hall he comes"? Well, uh, once in a while, I remember I was in Atlanta. Uh, visiting my sister and her family, and we were walking down some stairs at, at a mall, and and a guy just looked up at me and said, "And down the stairs he comes." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's classic. Well, you were able to take that moniker and and hook it into your radio show. Yeah, uh, you, you're for the blessed plug. that you um, get to work uh, with Bill a guy Finley like Bill and I Finley do every a, week. Um, a three-hour show every Saturday morning, ten o'clock Eastern until 1 o'clock on Sirius 93 XM 209, and we just have a ball. We, we, we talk. We, Bill and I have been friends for 20 years. We talk horses. We call our friends around the country, and, you know, it, it's just a, a, a fun uh, program. Well, uh, did, how much prep do you put into it, or do you guys, you're just kind of so uh, immersed no, we, in the sport, you guys get on there and wing it, or what? Be the entire, I, that, that's my, my real uh, tough work day. Uh, I get the form in the morning and, and uh, the thoroughgraph sheets, and then we we plan out. Well, the interviews are already planned. I, I check to see who's going to be uh, we're talking to, and I, I plan. Uh, I do the read. There's nothing like being prepared. Well, one thing is you guys are going to have plenty to talk about this year. Wow. I mean, this is an exciting season, not only with this three-year-old crop, but it's kind of really neat that, We've got so many older champions and top-graded horses that are staying in training and running against each other. Yeah. I mean, the factor in Amazon be a good, good example from last week. And you mentioned the fairgrounds. It looks like that's where Javier Gras is going to make uh, her tw- uh, 2012 debut down there in the in the ladies, uh, New Orleans ladies or the fairgrounds ladies, whatever they call that race. Uh, yeah, yeah, on, uh, on St. Patrick's Day. Originally right, she was right. going to go to Oaklawn, yeah. but I think that they're not going to diss Oaklawn. They've said that after this start, they're probably going to go out there for perhaps the Apple Blossom or another one of their races. Yeah, that's good. As you know, she won't even, she won't even uh, duck the boys. Um, what, what's your feeling about this uh, three-year-old season? Well, I was really impressed by uh, Union Rags. Uh, and Michael Matz is such a hero uh, to, you know, to me just to begin with because of you know his heroic actions in that plane crash back in in uh, 89 uh, and if anybody ever wants to find out what he did just google mike matt's uh, plane crash yeah. iowa and i mean he saved kids lives and 
I just think that, you know, every time that he wins a race, it's just a, uh, I applaud. So I'd really love to see Union Rags uh, win the win the Derby. I mean, that was some performance uh, this past uh, Sunday in the Fountain of Youth. Yeah, I, I got chills. I mean, it, you could tell Johnny V felt it was never in doubt. You know, he just he just beated those horses on the front and went by him like they were tied to the corner. Well, it was pole. it was Julian Leperu. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What am I saying? I'm thinking. I'm thinking another game. Yeah. Well, yeah, and feel sorry too for uh, for. Um, Javier, uh, Javier uh, yeah. he was he was supposed to write algorithms, but uh, but Leperu is a terrific uh, athlete too. So this is going to be an interesting Triple Crown. It really is. And uh, folks, if you want to, you know, stay tuned to the Triple Crown. Of course, I want you to to listen to Winning Ponies every Thursday. But don't forget every uh, Saturday morning on, on Sirius Channel ninety three and XM Channel two oh nine from ten in the morning till one. Uh, you can hear Dave Johnson and Bill Finley break it down on Down the Stretch. <laughs> Dave, thanks so much for being a guest. I John, really appreciate anytime. it. Anytime. Let's talk during the Triple Crown, okay? I'd love to do that. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. Dave Johnson from Down the Stretch. And coming up in just a minute or two, we're going to have a steady Eddie Meyer who's going to take us through handicapping the pick four at Santa Anita in addition to the Gotham at Aqueduct. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And this is something I've been looking forward to all week long because now I'm going to get the handicap with my alter ego. That's right, folks. It's the man I most admire, the one, the only, admire. Steady Eddie, how you doing, my friend? Good evening, John. How you doing? Hey, before we go any further, that was incredible. You have Elvis on. Now you got the band from Josie and the Pussycats on. <laughs> Well, you know, we like to hit the high points here at Winning Ponies, as you know. Uh, just been so blessed. There hasn't been anybody I haven't asked to, to, to be a guest that, that, that's turned us down. I mean, people in this game love the game so much, they understand that it's very important to be on the airways and to promote it. And quite frankly, you know, people like talking about what it is they do in racing because, as you know, there, there's, there's no other greater sport in the world. I, I concur, John, and you've been in the game for a number of years. I'm not going to date you and say exactly how many, but you're well, actually. Well, date you, Eddie. 
<laughs> you you have cultivated so many great professional relationships. And actually, when I got to be in the driver's seat, ninety eight point nine percent actually came from John Engelhart's idea mouth as far as saying, you know, why don't you try this guest? <laughs> Well, none of them turned you down, did they? No, it, in fact, uh, they didn't. I actually, uh, I flashed your credentials on the phone, and uh, instantaneously, they were there every Thursday. <laughs> well, listen, Ed. You know, uh, I do uh, know that you follow the game intensely, and I'm just uh, we're, we're going to we're going to jump into the Gotham in a little while. But uh, just kind of give me with a broad brush your look so far at, at the three-year-old season. We had a real interesting race uh, at, at the fairgrounds and in, in the comp this week uh, with uh, those horses going head-in-head, uh, head, El Padrino and uh, uh, Mark Velosky. Uh, we're, we're, we, the, <clears throat> but I think, obviously, the, the key race, uh, the Fountain of Youth. Uh, what, what's your feel for, uh, for the three-year-olds this season? The three-year-olds are so interesting. As usual, you get a few defectors, people dropping out for this reason and that reason. But, John, I think you've actually touched on two that are near and dear to my wallet. They're always near and dear to my heart because that's where I usually keep my wallet close to that. But Union Rags was so impressive and the family youth, the turn of foot right at the quarter pole. And, and I heard Dave Johnson allude to what a class act Michael Matz is. I concur. I met him down at Keeneland and I don't think there's a better ambassador for the game. It would be great to see him come back. And uh, it's been since Barbaro in 2006, John. I, I would love to see Mike Matz and, uh, and Union Rags. Well, you, you know, here's a guy that led the Olympic team out. He held the flag in the Olympics. Uh, three times he competed in the equestrian events. So this is a guy that just doesn't know about, you know, racehorses. This is a guy that knows how to take care, how to put a foundation into a horse. He knows how to be around a horse. I noticed that uh, before Union Rags uh, had his last work, he galloped him a mile before he took him off. You know, most guys will just kind of jog up to where they're going to work. You know, this guy's putting a foundation in this horse. We all know that he was able to do it with Barbaro. And, uh, of course, we don't know what the outcome of the Gotham is or who could pop up anywhere in the, in the next six weeks. But right now, Union Rags, uh, if you put a gun to my head and hand me 100 bucks, I'm going to the window and betting him. I concur, and, and you touched on the other one. It was El Padrino and Mark Valeski coming head-in-head in Louisiana this past weekend, but I'm going to lean towards Mark Valeski, John, uh, second by a dirty nose to El Padrino, and who could you call the nicest guy in racing other than Larry Jones and Cindy Jones, please? Don't let me forget that. And they're going to be heading to the Louisiana Derby. But Mark Valeski showed me a whole lot. I, Union Rags, Mark Valeski, and Fed Biz, John, those are my top three. That's my trifecta right there. All right. Well, listen, uh, speaking of trifectas, you're going to be able to bet one at Aqueduct uh, this weekend. The grade three Gotham, this is the time of year. All these horses are trying to hustle to get their graded stakes winnings. There's a horse in here, obviously, that doesn't need them, a horse that uh, I know both you and I have watched run in person on more than one occasion. And he's going to be the star of the show. He's going to be, be the one with the bullet on his back, and that's Hanson. I think Doc Hansen and Mike Maker are shipping up with a very fine animal. Uh, son of Tappa John looks to be just nothing but the controlling speed, taking blinkers off, second time off a layoff. And if you take a look at that last race in the Holy Bull, stumbled as a start, no match. I see Hansen being the controlling speed in the Big A Aqueduct. Actually, historically, I should say, not actually, but historically, 
has favored speed. Well, it'll it'll be interesting because uh, the two things that I think he's going to have to that don't give him an edge, he's going to be given weight, and he is having an equipment change. But of course, I'm, you know my favorite thing is an equipment change and a bullet work. And he had one February 19th at Gulfstream Park. He went in 59 flat, best of 31, my guess is, with the blinkers off. But I think they're actually taking the blinkers off to settle him down a little bit because they worried about him going too fast in the Holy Bull. And boy, did he ever 10-1 on a sloppy sealed track, which is incredible. A lot of times runners do run faster when there's more moisture in the track. Algorithms ran such a beautiful race that day. Hansen was just sparkling. If there was ever an effort that really led me into the Hansen corner would be that the only drawback, if I have one out of a million, it's going to be distance. Can Hansen cover the distance? But that's not a factor this weekend. I see Hansen being the one to beat, John. And uh, if if you held a gun to my head and said, you know, pick the other side of that exacta. I really like Dan and Sheila at eight to one. Uh, it's it's originally son of uh, more than ready, come flying in the Lacomp Stakes down at your old uh, stomping grounds fairgrounds. Also shot a bullet at Paul Meadows, which is uh, traditionally deep in right. one minute and four fifths of a second. Dan and Sheila at eight to one, John. Very interesting exacta. Uh, yeah, and he's trained by a guy by the name of Todd Pletcher, ridden by Johnny V. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> l- l- let's face it, the, I-, I swear they're going to have to split the derby this year and just give one, the first division, all Pletcher horses, and then everybody else will run in the second division. <laughs> Pletcher, he, he's, uh, he's loaded for bear. He's in a great position. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. He, he is. Now, if, uh, if, I'm looking, if I'm shopping for... Uh, little something underneath. I'm going to go with this horse, my Adonis, uh, trained by Kelly Breen, who, of course, uh, won the Belmont last year with Ruler on Ice. Uh, th- this horse was bumped at the start in the Holy Bull, was shuffled 20 links behind the Hanson, and ended up only beating five and a half links for the whole thing. Uh, this horse has shipped all over. He started at Mammoth. Uh, he went to Delta Downs. Um, It'd be very interesting. I think if he returns throughout that last start, he's got speed, he's got the rail. Uh, I I think he's going to be very dangerous in here. The rail wins a tremendous amount, uh, more than a fifth of the time. Uh, The rail's always in action. Elvis Trujillo there. John, if they get half of the rain that's going to be in the Ohio Valley heading way up there to good old New York, I'm telling you what, I think Maya Donis is going to swim right to the winner's circle. I think you've got one there that needs to be taken seriously. You know, I never thought about the, uh, the, the weather trend, but you're right. Because it does look like we're getting hit late week and it's it's moving east. That'll be very interesting. Well, um, out at Santa Anita, there's going to be a huge uh, pick four. Uh, the, the first race will be allowance race, but then there's not one, not two, but three grade one races. And uh, this is going to be very, very interesting. Again, we are talking about uh, the Rachel Alexander earlier and the effect that that could have on the Kentucky Oaks. Um, the three-year-old Philly division is as contentious as the three-year-old male division, and we're going to start out with the Las Virginis, if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, they're, they're going a mile, and the, the thing in here is you've got three horses that are, are stakes horses that continue to, to trade 
wins and defeats. Charm the Maker, Willoughby Awesome, and Killer Graces. Obviously, they fall to the top. But then, Ed, I look down here, and Bob Baffert, who's absolutely on fire. None of those three stakes winners have ever won at a mile. But Eden's Moon, who's eligible for non-winners of two, won at a mile by 11 lengths. This horse has had a 92 buyer in its debut, won by 11 and a half last time. Is, is Eden's Moon the fly in the ointment, or do you go with the more established trio that I named at first? You know, that, that's a tough question. What do you like, chocolate or vanilla? Martin Garcia for Bullet Bob Baffert's always got my vote. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you uh, if you didn't pronounce it correctly. It sure sounded right. I believe it's the 30th running of the Las Virgines. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a grade one event. I, I think it's going to be Chalk City, John. Uh, Eden's Moon. And there's another runner in there, Renee's got Zip Corey Nakatani for a very talented conditioner, Peter Miller, at 8-5. to five. I, I see this is going to be a Chalk Players uh, Festival. There, but my nod goes in Eden, Eden Mood direction. I think you've got something there, my friend. All right. Well, as you know, I had no idea. I, I figured that Killer Graces or Will It Be Awesome might be the favorite. I don't. I don't. I download my PPs kind of early, so I don't don't have any uh, any odds in front of me. So Eden's Moon is the the, the favorite for this race at actually eight to five. Uh, eight to five. Excuse me. Is Renee's God Zip and Eden's Moon is nine to five. Forgive me. I had those backwards there. Eden's Moon nine to five. Renee's God Zip. Eight to five, right? And, and Renee's got zip. By the way, uh, you know, might want to take on the boys if she wins this race. Is actually nominated uh, to the Triple Crown. She's undefeated in her two starts. Uh, the only question is, both of those were sprints, but her last one, the Santa Inez, a Grade Two race, went from flag fall to that's all. Won by seven and three quarters and recorded a one oh one buyer ed. It was incredible. I actually went back and watched the race. And your favorite angle, one, one, excuse me, half of your favorite angle. I will not speak for you on that one, young man. There was a beautiful bullet work of 59 and 2. After putting her on the shelf just for a wee little rest here to get a, get a draw of breath in. But if you go back two races ago, you'll see Renee's got zip on top of. Eden's Moon. So they've, uh, they've got a little uh, renewed rivalry that these, uh, these gals are going to throw down. But the thing is, you know, you can measure every horse's distance with a yardstick, and Eden's Moon has won at a mile. Well, that'll be the second of the races in the pick four. Uh, there'll be uh, two others, uh, grade one, the Frank Kilrow and the Santa Anita Handicap. What a classic race that is. Ed and I are going to break those down right after we take a short break here on Winning Pony. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, well, they say if you want to talk to John or his guest, my guess is somebody's calling in to talk to Ed Meyer. we we got a caller on the line. Steve, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? We're doing great. What's on your mind? Well, um, had a couple of, of horses. I, I liked what you said about the Gotham. Uh, Hanson with uh, Maya Adonis with Dan and Sheila. The other one I was looking at was, I, I think it's pronounced Mon, M-A-A-N, with Rajiv Murat. Uh, looks like a runner and uh, could handle the conditions. My only question about that horse in my notes are, are that the horse has never gone beyond six and a half. But as our media urologist told us, it might be raining, and this horse loved a sloppy sealed draft. Yeah, that's what I was looking at, too. Uh, the other thing I was looking at at uh, Aqueduct that day is a top light handicap. You know, it's tricky is going to be the chalk and probably will win by a bunch. But if you put that over Delightful Mary and Love and Pride, you might have a might have a winner there. You might, and I believe that we're going to get to see the debut of Caleb's Posse, so you might have a pick three there. Yeah. Not bad at all. I like your handicap and style, Steve. Thanks a lot for uh, tuning in to Winning Ponies. I appreciate you participating in the show. Okay, thanks, Ed. Thanks, John. All right, take care. Right. Take care. Oh. All right. Well, you know, Ed, you and I can always use all the help we can. So I appreciate oh, yeah. Steve calling in, and he, 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 made, he made a good point. In, in fact, he did. He, he was actually zeroed in on some of the same things we, we were bringing up, weather being a factor now. And uh, you, you said you've actually got this high-paid meteorologist that's working around no, the I clock. No, I said media you know. urologist. Oh, oh, okay. I knew I missed something. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, he's working around the clock feverishly, and, you know, he'll be on the scene. You you can always bet on that. <laughs> if nothing else, I want you to call in every week with the weather report, all right? Deal. From now on, I will be the weatherman. <laughs> hey, you should be a weatherman in Florida. I was down there last week. You go on there and you say, hi, everybody. It's going to be sunny and clearing in the 80s. And then you repeat yourself five times. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad, and the beer is cold. Well, that's right. You know, the colder the beer, the better the tip. Uh, <laughs> hey, let's let's move on to uh, to Santa Anita. This would be the third leg of of the pick four. And man, I'm waiting to find out who you like um, in here. Uh, this is the Frankie Kilroe Mile, and they're going to be going on on the grass. And all I've got my notes just say great matchup. Uh, yes, yes and no. I'm ashamed to say that I'm going to probably lean towards the left side of that matchup, and that's going to be Mr. Commons. Four to five, drawing the rail. I see just more Chalk City. Four starts and three wins in a second. So that's four for four in the money for John Sheriff's third off a layoff. Drawing the uh, the oh so important rail. Loves the distance. I mean, you've got Mike Moneyman Smith for John Sheriff's. I'm, Mr. Commons is a single for me, John. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, if, uh, if you've listened to me before, I've become a big Mr. Commons fan, even last season. Um, you know, John Sheriffs, of course, uh, we think we, he trained a nice little horse by the name of Zenyatta a year ago, and um, he, he knows what he's doing. And, you know, originally, you know, he was, had this horse on the Triple Crown Trail, 
And then all of a sudden he took him off after the Preakness Stakes and said, I got a grass runner here. And what I really liked about the fact that he was not afraid to run Mr. Commons against some of the best older horses in the country, uh, including the likes of uh, Court Vision and Caracotado. And so three times last year, as a three-year-old, he ran in graded stakes races uh, against these older horses, and two of those times missed by a nose and three-quarters of a length. He's as tough as a nickel steak. He's by Artie Schiller, John, and you remember him from the uh, the early to million fame. Artie Schiller took <laughs> took a few coins from me that day, and uh, I just think this is a, a very nice cold. And drawing the rail and the, the, the conditioner and and the rider, I just I find very few flaws, if any. Uh, I I just think it's Chalk City. Yeah, because, you know, I think Jimmy Sims and, and Willie Conker are, are going to go on about their business uh, on the front end. And Mr. Commons and with Mike Smith in the saddle, I think he's going to tuck down on the rail and save ground. Now, uh, we do have an eight-horse field, which recently at Santa Anita is a big field. Um, <laughs> ho- hopefully, he, he won't get in, in much trouble. Uh, one, one horse that I, I find kind of interesting in here is Geronimo! Uh, this horse just missed in this race uh, last year by by a half a length. Uh, came back after a layoff, uh, was uh, on the front end the whole way, and just got caught in the San Gabriel. Uh, looking for somebody like Geronimo or Campari, uh, who absolutely you talk about horses that like Santa Anita. This horse seven starts on the Santa Anita turf, six victories with Rafael Barano in the saddle. Who are you putting underneath? When you talk about Geronimo. I think you've got a real nice runner there. John, a mile and an eighth. For me, that's been a real learning curve here. I love horses that show some action in a mile and an eighth. I'm going to use Campari, and I'm going to use Geronimo right equally. I love Bejarano, and uh, I know you've known him for quite so many, many, many years. And Martin Garcia for Mike Pender aboard Geronimo. It looks like more chalk. Well, I'll tell you what, this all those years of us handicapping side by side <laughs> is just too scary. Now we're, we're, we're 60 miles away from each other, and it's still like we're looking over each other's shoulder, handicapping the form. <laughs> well, in fact, that's why you used to steal it off your desk. That's why you knew where it was at. All right. Now, here's, here's a race uh, that I have to be honest. I did not really get my teeth into this race other than looking at trends at, at Santa Anita and, and distance. Uh, we're going a mile and a quarter. It's, it's a classic distance. It's the grade one Santa Anita handicap. I was hoping to, to see Chantel Sutherland and Game On Dude in here, but it looks like uh, they're going to be heading over to Dubai instead. What a move that's going to be to run for all that cash. And, and it, game on, dude, I think, has his game on. And they're heading in the right direction as far as where, uh, where, where might fit him there. John, if I get first stab, I'm going to go with Ron the Greek at 6-1. to one. What in the world is Jose Lascano doing out there? He's looking to make that bankroll fat. Second off a layoff, this Florida bred for Billy Mott, another good friend of yours. It's like the six degrees of Engelhart here. Well, Billy Mott and Ron You don't see Mott shipping out there too often. No, and, and and I thought this would be your your money horse of the weekend. When I looked at this, I said, "Oh, Ron the Greek is on me." Well, you know what's interesting here, Ed, is that as I, as I'm looking for your classic distance horses, do you realize that there's not a horse in this field except for Ron the Greek that is one in a mile and a quarter? 
<laughs> it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I I'm hoping that Lescano is going to get me a little more than six to one. I was hoping that maybe maybe the folks on the left coast haven't been paying attention. Well, uh, again, this, of course, will be a contentious race. Uh, it drew a field of 13. Again, uh, congratulations to uh, the people at Santa Anita and, and the handicappers because uh, it's kind of frustrating. So many times you'll see a grade one race with a person has 750,000, only draw a, a half a dozen. Uh, who gives you a little sweetness underneath there? Setsuko last year lost by a dirty nose to who you just mentioned. Game on, dude. Victor Espinosa second off the layoff for the master Dick Mandela. Well, if you like him, you got to like uh, Fiddler's a Fleet a little bit. Uh, this horse uh, ran a bang up race at 10 to 1, uh, finished uh, uh, second behind Setsuko. The race before that, he ran against Mr. Vegas, who I believe came back and won a stakes race the last couple of weeks. So, uh, It'll, it'll be interesting to see if you can't find a price underneath here. Again, uh, it's a mile and a quarter. Anything can happen. But uh, Ron the Greek, Bill Mott uh, is, is nobody's fool. If, if he's taking the time to ship all the way out there, I think he knows that he's got it. And I think he really got lucky in the fact that Game On Dude, and he certainly didn't know this after you know before he flew that horse out there, uh, was not going to be in the field. And I do, do think that separates him from the rest. Agreed. I know Mr. Mott can ply his trade on any field. He doesn't have to take his track with him. No, he doesn't. Well, Steady Eddie, as always, it's uh, such a pleasure to, to hear, your, hear your voice, and I'm looking forward to hooking up with you pretty soon uh, in person, and you and I need to spend a day at the races. As always, John, it would be an honor and uh, be a whole lot of fun, and I'm sure there'll be a few beers somewhere somewhere now whether or not we find them you know who, who knows but nonetheless uh, uh i'm looking forward to it ed thanks for spending time with us and uh hopefully we can cash a few bets here uh through using the products at winning ponies and listening to this radio spot best of luck to everyone and john thanks for the honor all right, ladies and gentlemen, Ed Meyer, one of the top handicappers. If you go to a handicapping contest somewhere in the Midwest or out in Vegas, uh, chances are that you are going to uh, to run into Mr. Ed Meyer. Well, again, uh, I want to thank Dave Johnson. Uh, he was just fantastic. I uh, could have stayed down with him for, for an entire segment of the entire hour. But that pretty much brings to a conclusion. We hope that we gave you some insight into horse racing and some more enjoyment of the sport. Uh, I want to thank uh, Matt Widener, uh, my producer, uh, my personal physician, uh, Dr. Fager. And uh, I want to thank all of you for tuning in to Winning Ponies every Thursday. I look forward to seeing you again. So from atop the grandstand overlooking the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky, I'm John Engelhart. Remember, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.